The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome back. I want you to get out a pen and get out your date book, and I want you to mark down a specific date that you are invited to. There is going to be a special party taking place. It is a birthday party. It is actually humanity's birthday party. It's your party and it's mine. And the invitation, I'm giving it to you right now. You are lovingly invited to celebrate the birth of universal humanity. Join in creating a life-affirming future for all beings on earth. The date will be December 22nd, 2012 beginning at midnight on December 21st, 2012. It's going to take place throughout the planet, and you're allowed to bring as many guests as you would like. This was started by three evolutionary thinkers of our time. They met at a boathouse restaurant. They had a discussion of cosmic proportions, and all of a sudden a birthday party was planned. The Golden, Silver, and Diamond Motorcycle Gangs and the Transformational Leadership Council are what visionary action looks like. Vision without action is a fantasy. Action without vision is chaos, stated by Michael Beckwith. This vision, visionary that you're going to meet tonight, Jack Canfield, has had an amazing life of bringing people to success, of supporting people in touching their hearts, in tapping into their souls. He is the co-author of the New York Times best-selling Chicken Soup for the Soul series, and a leading figure in the self-help movement, recounting his fascinating life story and how it led to a vision during meditation of being a part of a golden soul-traveling motorcycle gang who saw the earth in peril and came here to assist during the crisis. We're going to be talking about this new book entitled The Golden Motorcycle Gang, a story of transformation written by Jack Canfield and William Gladstone, author of The Twelve. I'd like to welcome Jack Canfield to 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you. It's great to have you here, Jack, and I thought it was a really wonderful book, uh, particularly being uh, a nice, poignant story because so many people could identify with, with this. You are one of those individuals that someone can look at and say, wow, you know, they've had a lot of the same experiences in their life that, that I've had, and, and he's attained these things, and he has this certain way of believing and this certain way of acting, and perhaps I could do the same thing. And I think that the Golden Motorcycle Gang will really touch a lot of people in allowing them to see some of the ways that synchronicity shows up in their life and how you are able to use it as an example so that they can now step into it as well. Well, thank you. No, it's been a wonderful journey in my life, and I'm 
you know, when Bill Gladstone asked me to write this book, he, I told him this story over dinner one night, and he said, you've got to write the book. I said, I don't have time to write that book. And secondly, it seems so kind of egoistic to talk about my own life that way. He convinced me it would be of value, so I wrote it, and all the feedback we're getting is that it's making a positive difference in people's lives. So I feel very blessed. But isn't that the way it goes, that our own story really is oftentimes the the example or the lesson uh, or can illustrate a path that another person who may feel uh, at loss or feel in chaos or uh, lacking hope in their life might need to see or hear to help them turn a different leaf or turn a different direction? No, it's true. I remember I was having dinner with a man who was 83 at the time. His name was Carl Rogers. He was one of the seminal psychologists of our time and really into unconditional love in a major way. Just he, could, he oozed it. And uh, he was talking about writing, and he said, you know, if you want to be universal, write the most personal. And when people try to be cosmic, people can't relate. But when you write about your own personal experiences, people do, in fact, relate. And then it, be- has, it becomes a universal message. And I know with all the experience we had with the Chicken Soup for the Soul books, which now have, I think we just reached the 225th book in the series, and uh, over 500 million sold around the world, in 47 languages, and it's only because people shared their very personal stories. And so, ultimately, I guess that is true. Well, the story definitely goes into your autobiography. It's detailed throughout the book. What about your life story really led you to becoming a pioneer in this human potential movement? Well, you know, I, I grew up in a dysfunctional family in West Virginia. My dad was an alcoholic and violent when he drank. I used to hide. I don't know if you remember those radios. You see them in the movies of the 1940s and 50s. They were about four feet tall. Oh, yeah. little radio dial at the top. And in the bottom, it was basically hollow. And uh, I would hide there. I'd pull the radio up from the wall and hide behind it uh, to avoid his tirades. And, um, you know, so I grew up in a typical kind of family that was like that. A lot of our families are like that. And it taught me uh, to be what psychologists call hypervigilant. It gave me a sense of, uh, you know, noticing everything in my environment. And I think it gave me a compassion for people whose lives might be at risk, you know, whether it's an inner-city child in a school or someone in, in a poverty situation or someone who's become a drug addict or whatever. I've always had this deep-felt compassion for people like that because I felt somewhat like a victim. In the beginning of my life, I've later learned that, you know, we're, we're not really victims. We have to just uh, take responsibility for our lives. But that early upbringing made me very sensitive. And then what happened was I was in Chicago teaching in an all-black inner-city school. I'd become very interested in why kids weren't motivated to learn, much more than I was in teaching American history. But I was sitting in a laundromat, and I was uh, doing my, you know, kind of reading a book for school, I guess. And uh, this guy comes up to me and he says, put your book down and talk to me. And I said, oh, okay. And so it was kind of shocking. And we started talking. It turned out he was a graduate student in economics studying how to end poverty in America. And so we kind of shared that, that idea. And he uh, took me to this lecture series that was going on. I didn't have a car. He did up at Kendall College in Evanston, about you know, a half hour away. And I heard this man speak the first night named Herbert Otto. He was the director of the National Center for the Exploration of Human Potential. He was talking about that people could walk on fire and you could learn seven languages and through meditation you could access higher realms of consciousness. I had never heard of any of this stuff. So I said, I want to sign up and learn as much as I can. Asked him what I should do since he was from L.A. and I live in Chicago. 
turned me on to a place called Oasis, which was a growth center, much like Esalen Institute or the Omega Institute today. And I uh, went there. I think I spent 17 weekends in the first year in workshops, learning as much as I could about feelings, about intuition, about meditation, about the body, stuff I'd not been exposed to. I was totally living in my head. And uh, it transformed me. And I said, I want to grow up and do this work. This is what I want to do. Well, I think that that has a lot of points that I'd love to go back and touch on because so often people are looking to make the changes in their lives. And and your story is one where um, you have been seen on the movie The Secret. People know all over the world about the Chicken Soup for the Soul series and how it's impacted so many lives. Do you think, or, or what roles did these various things play in your life and these things are belief or attitude or was it really surrounding yourself by people that could point you in the direction of new thoughts and new ways of of acting it was a combination of people i i remember my first workshop i ever took there was a woman named ann hyman she was a encounter group leader and uh there was a gang member in our group he was really tough black kid and we had a, a co-leader who was black, who was probably about 30. And this kid was just really uptight and angry, and he was just sullen and withdrawn. And the, the, the facilitator stood up, and he, start, he walked over to him. He started pushing on his chest. And this gang member was getting increasingly, increasingly agitated. And he kept pushing him back, pushing him back. And, and, and he said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hurt you. And he said, well, you have a choice to make. He said, the choice you make in the next minute will determine the rest of your life. You can either hit me or you can hug me because I'm your friend. You make a choice. And this tough-looking gang leader just broke down and cried, reached out and got this hug. And I was sitting there going, oh, man, I want to learn how to do that. <laughs> and so <laughs> it was really a metaphor for are we going to be in conflict or are we going to be in love? And so that was the beginning for me. And I was very fortunate to have a lot of mentors. Uh, w. Clement Stone, who was a self-made multimillionaire, was a good friend of Napoleon Hill, who wrote the book Think and Grow Rich. And he was someone who taught me about positive thinking and the law of attraction. And I worked in the same building as uh, Og Mandino when I went to work for W. Clement Stone because I, I finally got a job with him to teach this stuff. And he was the, the uh, editor of Success Magazine, a really spiritual guy. And so all through my life, I just kept, it was almost like someone had planned out my life and said, okay, this is going to be your education. And I was just led from one person to the other. The thing I will take credit for is I always listened I paid attention, and when something was put in front of me, I took advantage of it. And I never resisted it because it was uncomfortable or difficult. And then I was introduced to new thought through, you know, the Unity Church and the Church of Religious Science and uh, meditation through uh, Buddhist uh, techniques and uh, Hindu chanting. I pretty much explored everything, you know, from uh, mysticism from the Islamic tradition, mysticism from the Eastern traditions, Christian mysticism, and just, I couldn't get enough. And uh, to this day, I'm, I'm still a voracious learner. I go to workshops, I read books, I listen to tapes, I meditate regularly. I'm, I'm just, this is, this is my, um, as the Hawaiians say, my kuleana, my right livelihood. My guest today is Jack Canfield. He is the author of The Golden Motorcycle Gang, A tr- Story of Transformation. This is a wonderful book 
that uh, will allow you to hear the story of Jack as he has moved through his life and how the various synchronicities have affected him. If you've ever asked yourself what the ultimate purpose for your life might be, then you'll find that Jack Canfield asked himself this very question and came up with a surprising answer, part of which was a vision revealing that he is part of a golden motorcycle gang, a gang whose intent is to have fun while significantly contributing to the well-being of humanity. Jack told his friend William Gladstone about the gang and a Upon this account, there was an epiphany that Jack had to tell his story and that this would also unite them with others and all of a sudden begin the journey on establishing a birthing that would be taking place where humanity could start celebrating and activating what it needed to do to consciously create a new experience for planet Earth. You can connect with Jack Canfield at these two websites. It's goldenmotorcyclegang.com where you can find out more about this wonderful book and also at jackcanfield.com. And as you go to Jack's website, he does a lot of amazing things. He's got Jack Canfield coaching, success coaching, the success principles. Of course, you can find out about Chicken Soup for the Soul series and now one, uh, another wonderful program called Train the Trainer. And uh, he's accepting just 100 people. That begins in February. And you can become an individual that knows how to train others in this realm of work. So he's looking for 100 heroes that are ready to take action in their life and go out and support the world as well. Uh, go out and get your copy of The Golden Motorcycle Gang, A Story of Transformation. We'll be right back with Jack Canfield. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. My guest tonight is Jack Canfield, known definitely for the Chicken Soup for the Soul series and also his appearance on The Secret. And now for a wonderful new book entitled The Golden Motorcycle Gang. You can also read a very nice interview in the current issue of 1111 Magazine, now on stands nationally in Barnes & Noble and also on stands in Canada. There are some 
some other wonderful voices featured in that particular issue, that of Dr. Jean Houston, Barbara Marks Hubbard, Iyama Van Zant, and a lot of other wonderful writers from around the world that are submitting truly rich content towards personal growth, soul journeying, our development and evolution. And so I invite you to explore that. We are also now digitally online. So if you get a subscription, you not only have the current issue, but you have all archived issues of this wonderful, wonderful publication. Each and every day we have 86,400 seconds of opportunity to contribute to the emergence of our individual and collective awakening. There's definitely evidence that there's a growing recognition of how a collective vision builds momentum, magnetizing like minds, individuals into its orbit. Once gathered in this unified field of consciousness, possibilities beyond our grandest vision give way to the power of the whole. Are you ready to step forward into your place in this? Well, I'll tell you, if you read Jack Canfield and Bill Gladstone's book, Golden Motorcycle Gang, you will at least become confidently optimistic about your individual capacity to bring about global change. And we can all do that individually and collectively, and that's a lot of what this is about. Jack, I want to go back to a couple of points before we go deeper into the book that you had stated before uh, in the last segment. And one thing you said was that you always listened. And that's a big piece that a lot of people uh, don't always get because they're in such a, a push-forward movement or uh, in their angst that they're just trying to find the next thing to do that they don't necessarily take that time to listen. And when you're talking about transformational leadership, when you're talking about the kinds of individuals and like minds that you unite with, how important is that listening aspect? Well, I think it's critical because, you know, the key to all evolution is awareness. If you want to evolve yourself spiritually, emotionally, financially, whatever it might be, you have to become aware of what is going on inside of you, what's going on outside of you. Um, someone once taught me there's three areas of awareness. There's, I'm a, I need to be aware of me, I need to be aware of you, and I need to be aware of the context within which we find ourselves. And uh, I've always kind of had a sense of what I needed to be listening to inside of myself. And then as I got older and, you know, got into my 20s, I had teachers, and they taught me that who I am is not a body, not an intellect, but a center of awareness. Because we can listen to our thoughts. We can watch our thoughts. Um, you know, if we're lying in bed and we're just, we just can't go to sleep, we're just watching these thoughts go by. The trick is not to be the thought, but to be the observer of the thought. So the more you realize that you are a pure center of awareness and that you have choice, like right now, if your listeners uh, just put your awareness on your right foot, you can immediately feel what's going on there. You weren't aware of that until I said it, but, but that in information was streaming up the spine and being filtered out by the reticular activating system at the bottom of the brain. And so basically we can choose to place our awareness on our left foot, our right hand, our buttocks, whatever, or we can put it on outside of ourselves. But what we want to really do for the highest good of ourselves and all concerned is to place that awareness on our high self, our spirit, God, infinite intelligence, unit of consciousness, many ways we can call that. When we do that, we tap in, as Barbara Marks Hubbard talks about in this book that we wrote, uh, we tap into this evolutionary impulse that is attempting to happen through us. I remember there was a chicken soup for the soul story we did where there was a bombing of a church in Germany during World War II, and uh, the statue of Jesus in front of the church, his hands were blown off. 
and the church decided uh, the board got together to figure out what it would cost and who they would have recarve the hands and put them back on the statue of Christ. And they finally decided not to put them on, but they put a little plaque at the bottom and said that the hands of Christ are your hands. Without your hands, he can't do his work on earth. And so that is so true that each of us needs to tune in, you know, whatever our spiritual practices are, to that place of paying attention to what we're being inwardly guided to do, and whether you call it Christ or your highest self or, you know, the Atman, or, you know, every religion has a different term for it. We're all pointing to the same thing. Uh, then when you do that, you're not only doing what is for your highest good, being guided by that, but also it's in alignment with the highest good of all concerned around you. Now, the book talks about a group of, of souls. They're riding these golden motorcycles mm-hmm. through the universe, and they all have this idea of what they're supposed to do, and they come to this planet, uh, eventually finding their, their way together to be this group that was supposed to do that. And, and in the book, you say that we're all that. We're all part of these, these golden motorcycle gangs, and we're all here to do something. Mm-hmm. When did you get this original idea that you were part of this group that was Right. Here to do something. Well, the title of the book comes from an experience I had in graduate school. I was going to the University of Massachusetts in Amherst. I was a doctoral student in education. I had taught for previous years as a high school teacher, went back to school to get an advanced degree, and I wanted to teach teachers. And so I was in this class, and the professor asked us to go back to the time when you decided to become a teacher with their eyes closed. And most people went back to when they were in eighth grade, and this teacher inspired them, or they were in high school, and this teacher inspired them. I went back to before I was born. I was quite shocked by that, and so was everyone else when I shared it afterwards. I literally, with my eyes closed, had this vision of floating through space with a bunch of other fun-loving, spirited, kind of, you know, um, irreverent uh, spirits. And it was like a, a motorcycle gang, you know, kind of like though you see like 50 guys coming down the highway on their Harley Davidsons with their beards <laughs> and their jackets and their, their I don't care what you think of me attitude. So it was kind of that energy. And we were driving, we were flying through space and we looked down on Earth and it was 1943. I was born in 44. And it was a war going on, World War II. And it was like, you know, bombs going off everywhere. And I went, oh my God, that planet's in trouble. I'm going to go down and help out. And the rest of the spirits are going, Come on, man, you know, you're being codependent. <laughs> We're on vacation. Let them handle their own problems. I go, no, i got to go down. So I convinced everybody to go down with me, and we came down on Earth and forgot. You know, when you're born, you forget your original intention, what you came down for. Yeah. And it wasn't until this graduate school experience that I had this awakening awareness of who I really was and what my mission was, that I was a teacher with a capital T, not a history teacher. And then I started meeting people every so often that I just had this resonance with, this harmonic connection. And I went, you're part of the Gold Motorcycle Gang. I know you. You came down here to serve. And, uh, you know, like yourself and so many others, our, our commitment is to facilitate a transformation, to help people become empowered and enlightened and to live, you know, more conscious, filled and meaning-filled lives so that the world actually works. So that's how the title came about. And I think anyone who's – there are – people that teach that we travel through time in soul groups. So that might have been a soul group, just like, you know, all the musicians that do transformational music might be part of the same soul group. I don't know for sure about that. But I do know, metaphorically, that anyone who is committed to service, committed to consciousness, committed to supporting this evolution from an age of competition and greed and materialism to an age of service and love and compassion and spiritual awareness... You're part of the Gold Motorcycle Gang. So I wrote this book 
as a way of saying, here's how I woke up. I know there are people out there who feel alone. They don't feel that they've found their group, and this is a way to say, you're not alone. We're all part of this. Just step up, trust your heart, take action, do what you're moved to do, and then you will be part of this gang. Well, we had a really exciting conversation last week with Barbara Marks Hubbard, and we talked about the birth 2012. We also mm-hmm. spoke about this book and how you had the meeting of uh, of getting together. And there were five questions that she read from a notebook, which are extremely powerful, and they're listed in, in the book, The Golden Motorcycle Gang. Question number one is, what do you know of the original plan? Question number two is, do you have any memory of having volunteered to go to Earth at this particular time? Question three, if so, do you remember your contract? Question four, what do you do best in the world that only you can do? And question five, what are you to do now, and what tools or resources do you need to do it? And that was very much uh, some of the thoughts or feelings that you had gone through, and then also that Bill Gladstone had experienced himself. So the three of you came together, and synergistically, something unfolded. And, And this is the way of our future. This is the way that the world will progress if we allow those synergistic meetings to come, step out of the way of the ego and just let what has to happen, happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were sitting uh, having a drink of wine in a restaurant after Bill uh, had, uh, was making a movie called um, Tapping the Source, you know, tapping into God energy. Yeah. And um, Barbara had been in the movie and I was in the movie and he, he heard that I, I heard that he had interviewed her earlier in the morning. And so we got together that day, and we started talking, and that's when Bill shared with us his near-death experience. Uh, he was 15 at the time. He was getting a shot of penicillin. He had a bad reaction to it in the doctor's office and basically clinically died. All his vital signs stopped. The doctor was pounding on his chest, and all of a sudden Bill had this experience of being in extreme bliss, extreme love, surrounded by you know this conscious love. And all of a sudden then he noticed, he was looking down at his own body and this doctor going, come back, come back. And so he came back into his body. He doesn't remember how long that was. It could have been two minutes or ten minutes. But what happened was, for him, that was his awakening. And for Barbara, as you said, she uh, was, uh, had cr- probably told you the story on her show, but she had chronic leukemia, went to see a healer in Hawaii that had her go back through all 70, she was 73 at the time, through all 73 years of her life, forgiving everyone who she needed to forgive and forgiving herself for anything she had done. At the end of that, she said, I crawled back up into my mother's womb and then right out the other side, and I found myself in this place, she said that reminded her of the Elysian fields in Greek mythology with Aristotle and Plato and all these teachers and avatars. And then that's when she was given these questions. As she was sitting on a ledge with other people about to jump off the ledge and get born on Earth, and I went, my God, that's like my golden motorcycle story. So all of us are sharing this event. And then we started, you know, because we know Barbara and her work and her conscious evolution work, talking about birthday 2012, December 22nd, the day after the end, supposedly, of the Mayan calendar. And she was saying everyone's focusing on the end of the age, but no one's focusing on the birth of the next age. So uh, we're creating this event, which is um, going to be a worldwide series of events, all on one day. It'll be thousands of groups, if not millions of groups, participating, having concerts and and uh, chanting groups and meditation groups and envisioning groups to envision our ideal future and rituals and, and uh, all kinds of wonderful events, including some television shows that we're in the process of negotiating. So uh, really it's about 
going from my waking up to what is the ultimate thing that we're all here to do. And there's so many people, to go back to the first question, and the second question, do you have any memory of having volunteered to go to Earth? There's now people being hypnotically age-regressed back to before they were born. And under hypnotic age regression, they all remember choosing to be born, choosing what sex to be, what parents to have, what handicaps, if any, to have, what race to be. So literally, we did choose to be here at this period of time. And many of the people, not all, but many of the people chose to be here because they wanted to be part of a movement that would empower women in history, others who wanted to help bring about enlightenment, like you and I are dedicated to. So we're all here at this time, not by accident, but really to help bring about this transformation of our planet. The world has reached a tipping point, and it is time for each and every one of us to show up. We remain optimistic that war, global warming, natural catastrophes, greed, corruption, and other ills will not overwhelm the ultimate destiny prophesied in most major religions and cultures around the world. Human beings are, in fact, destined to live in a better world in the 21st century. And right now, you can just think of yourself as a single cell in a great body, as Jack Canfield cells. Is one cell more important than the other for that body to function? We need all of the cells functioning. We might think a brain cell or a heart cell has more value, but in reality, it's all of the cells combined that are necessary for the body to function. I would love for you to get your copy of The Golden Motorcycle Gang, A Story of Transformation, so that you can feel invited into this wonderful group that is desiring to connect and transform our planet. There is a wonderful list of resources, groups, uh, materials in the back of the book that you can connect to so that you know exactly who's doing this work. And then if you want to know more about Jack Canfield, definitely go to his website, thegoldenmotorcyclegang.com and also jackcanfield.com. Find out about Train the Trainer. He's accepting 100 people, and this training begins in February so that you can go out and do this work as well. Jack Canfield is the co-author of the number one New York Times bestselling Chicken Soup for the Soul series, which has sold more than 500 million copies in 47 languages. He's considered America's number one success coach and authored the bestseller, The Success Principles. His co-author is William Gladstone, best known for his international bestseller, The Twelve. And he's also co-author of, the, of Tapping the Source and co-producer of the film of the same name. I invite you to connect with this book and allow yourself to feel part of this evolution that is taking place on the planet. You are here for a purpose and you are being called. We'll be right back with Jack Canfield. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset. 
Discovering the Heart and Stepping into Conscious Living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Listening on a Higher Dimension. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Conscious evolution is really evolution by choice, not by chance. As evolved intelligent beings, we can for the first time on planet Earth choose the course of evolution. As Barbara Marks Hubbard said in last week's show, it is now time for the new consciously evolved human to come forward. There are, there's a lot of scientific research which is just beginning to touch on coincidences and synchronicity, but it is very apparent in our lives, and if we will just listen and watch, we can find out that there is a larger design and there is an evolution purpose that we are all living. Dr. Gary Schwartz of the University of Arizona is one of the leading researchers in this field, and he reports that people often receive repeated signs of what they're supposed to be doing and with whom they should be connecting. And unfortunately, so many of these signs are often ignored, and it leaves people's sense of purpose and accomplishment less than fulfilled. Allow yourself to step into the synchronicities that are showing up in your life and start to ask your own questions, the five questions that Barbara herself asked. What do you know of the original plan? Do you have any memory of having volunteered to go to Earth at this particular time? If so, do you remember your contract? What do you do best in the world that only you can do? What are you to do now, and what tools or resources do you need to do it? The Golden Motorcycle Gang, a story of transformation by Jack Canfield and William Gladstone has a full section of resources of many people that are doing this work on the planet today. So it is a good starting point as to where you can connect to be part of Birth 2012. As you moved into this whole realm and you continued your own life, you took action constantly. Whenever you got the message and it was time, you had the wherewithal to definitely turn a vision into also the action that the vision required to move forward. The Transformational Leadership Council is one of those very things. So many people think that just visioning is what is required to have something unfold. Talk about that action piece and what's required beyond just having the, the vision. I think uh, one of the misperceptions about manifestation, and I think the secret, you know, unknowingly contributed to it a little bit, although it woke people up to the law of attraction side, is that you know it says let go and then let you know, let let the universe handle it, and what it really means is you release it to the universe. The universe is going to start doing what you mentioned, Gary Schwartz talked about, that it's going to give you signs, it's going to give you hints, it's going to give you nudges, it's going to give you insights. You'll have intuitive uh, inspirations. But then you have to act on them. You know, the last six letters of the word attraction are A-C-T-I-O-N. So there's kind of a built-in clue. The word satisfaction comes from the Latin. Satis means enough, and facere means to make. That's the root word of factory. In a manufacturer, you, you make things with your hand, like a manuscript, which means handwritten. So basically, 
it's all about action, but the action has to be aligned with your purpose. It has to be aligned with your inner guidance. It has to be aligned with, you know, not my will, but thy will. When we tune in and we align with the messages we're getting in those deeper states of consciousness, then we're led to do that which is for our highest good and the highest good of all concerned. In other words, it takes in the ecology called the earth and other people as well as your own. We see the meltdown in, in, in Wall Street. Nobody was doing that. They were just focusing on their own selves, very greedy, very hungry, driven by fear that there won't be enough, and the ego and the greed that comes from that and the hoarding that comes from that. Uh, I was on the show earlier today talking to a very wise man who is a Buddhist, and he was saying that, um, you know, if, if, an app, I think it was the Dalai Lama was telling him an apple tree just gives all of its apples. It drops them and allows everyone to have them. Next year it makes more apples. And if you throw a stone at the apple tree, it drops an apple, you know. So basically, we need to get more into this idea of what is my full expression of myself. Not service from a place of self-sacrifice, but service from a place, and you were animating this and what you talked about, from a place of me doing the thing that brings me most alive. In other words, having the courage to step up, as Barbara Marks Hubbard said, and to really come present and give my gift into the world. Barbara is beautiful at helping people realize that it's not about you getting something, and it's not about us having to figure out exactly everything the world needs, but really what makes us come alive. I have friends that just come alive when they're working on ecological issues, come alive when they're doing farming from an organic level, come alive when they're writing books that inspire people or running seminars. So what is the thing that makes you come alive, that makes you feel like you are in a state of joy. When you're doing that, you are doing that which the universe needs because it's programmed into you. And if you follow that inner guidance, whether it's from meditation or just from an inner state of joy, you will be contributing to the whole. Because it's not when you're in a state of, of, of real connection to source, you don't want to destroy the environment. You don't want to beat people. You don't want to um, eat bad food. You know, it, it just becomes something you naturally do the right thing. Well, and, and the other part of that is you allow things to just happen after you put in the action. There's a certain amount of belief that takes place, and then you put in the work, and then you let it go, and then you see what else needs to be done. You created the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, and and there were a, perhaps many no's before you got that yes. I know there were many no's because I've read right. the story about it. Um, tell me about the belief aspect. You know, where where did that part come into the the whole thing of of how much did you believe that this was definitely going to be out there? Right. And then also talk about one of the action steps. You talk about the rule of five in the Golden Motorcycle Gang, right? Um, and how that was enacted. So a lot of people don't understand that that belief and then the action is that important. Yes. The first of all, you have the intention of what it is you want, and that should be aligned with your purpose, and it should come from you know an inner sense of this is what I need to do not something I'm doing it out of fear or doing it out of greed. Once you have that and you put your intention on it, you feel the feelings of it, you talk about it, you visualize about it, and you let it go. And then what happens, you start to get insights, intuitions, etc., and then you must act. And um, I, I, I wrote a book called The Success Principles, which has about 64 principles in the success, but the first 25 are a model of first take 100% responsibility for your life, second get in touch with your life purpose, create a vision that will fulfill that purpose. And then the next step is believe it's possible. 
Expect that you're going to get it. That positive belief is critical. This is what so many of the, the mystics and, and, and all the great books like Think and Grow Rich and so forth, uh, you know, Charles Handel's Master Key System, all these books and teachers talk about believing it, feeling it as if it's already a done deal. And then take the actions. And there's two kinds of actions. There's the actions that are just obvious. You want to be a doctor, got to go to medical school, study biochemistry, you know, do your internship, take your boards, do your residency. And then there are also inspired actions, like you're baking cookies and you just get this impulse to take some down to Mrs. Jones, whose husband died a couple of weeks ago. And you take them down and you used to babysit for her when you were a kid and you knock on the door and you say, Hi, Mrs. Jones. I know you lost your husband. I was making some cookies. It occurred to me I should bring you some and just sit and talk with you and spend some time. And she says, oh, yeah, please come in. And then she introduces you to her nephew. Turns out he's the admissions officer for the Stanford Medical School. Well, that never would have happened. There was a synchronicity waiting for you to, to, to happen, to take you closer to your goal and your, your destiny. But if you hadn't followed that inspiration to go down and give those cookies to Mrs. Jones, you would have missed this incredible opportunity to have an inside edge with the admissions officer at Stanford University. So action is required. Then, like with Chicken Soup for the Soul, we were rejected by 144 publishers. And uh, our agent even gave us the book back after 22 rejections. He said, you know, I can't sell this book. It's not going to happen. We didn't believe that. We went to the Book Expo America and went from booth to booth to booth for three days, talked to over 144 more publishers. And it was on the third day, late in the day, we were tired. We were handing out these little 30-page excerpts. We had a backpack on with, you know, a little spiral bound like you get at Kinko's or Copy Spot. And, and the, they read it. And they said, okay, we'll publish it. And we said, how many copies do you think we'll sell? They said, 20,000. We said, that's not our vision. They said, what's your vision? We said, we want to sell 150,000 by Christmas and a million and a half and a year and a half. Cause we want to reach a lot of people with this message. He laughed at us. But what we did is we went out and we did the rule of five. Every day from the day that book came out, and the, this, this book did not hit a bestseller list until 14 months after it came out, a, a year and two months later. And every day we did five action steps, five things. We sent out five free books. We called five radio producers to see if we could get on their shows. We do five interviews like we're doing today. Always something. We go to churches and do free se- sermons for the minister just so we can sell books You know, at the end of that. And it was after 14 months the book hit the bestseller. So it required a lot of action. But this was action that we felt compelled to do. It was like a divine obsession. It took us over because we were so committed to it. So that's the rule of five. And everyone who does that, whether it's making five sales calls or doing five things every day to lose weight or five things to make yourself you know, more energetically attractive to your soulmate, whatever it might be, if you do those five things every day and you keep visualizing your goal as already complete and feel the feelings of it, it's inevitable that it will happen. And that's what you have to understand is we are here either living by default, consciously, or unconsciously. Mm-hmm. And what that means is when you're living by default, you're just letting the chips fall where they may. You're not taking responsibility for anyone or anything, especially yourself. It's easy to use blame and shame to be able to have the right to moan and complain. Not being happy or present, but feeling the pain. If you're unconscious, you're feeling numbed out, going through the motions and seeing yourself doing so. But you're telling yourself that what needs to change must change, but don't have the will to even change it. But then you can be conscious. 
you can have the knowing that your reality is revealed through your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. You understand that you not only have the ability to co-create your experience, but the divine right to access all that is good within this experience. Allow yourself to find out who you can really be and how the journey of one man through his own life in listening to the synchronicities, in connecting to the people that could be mentors and teachers, and allowing himself to step into his own action led to amazing creations such as Chicken Soup for the Soul series, the Transformational Leadership Council, the Success Principles book, Training the Trainer, and the release of the Golden Motorcycle Gang, a story of transformation. I'm talking about Jack Canfield. You can connect with him at jackcanfield.com and also at the goldenmotorcyclegang.com. We'll be right back with Jack Canfield. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Welcome back. I've been interviewing Jack Canfield, and I would like to make certain that you have the correct web addresses to go to to get this wonderful new book. It is www.goldenmotorcyclegang.com. That's goldenmotorcyclegang.com. And if you'd like to find out about some of the other offerings that Jack Canfield has, such as his coaching, his success principles, uh, some of the other Chicken Soup for the Soul series information, as well as a new program entitled Train the Trainer, which is accepting just 100 people, and that training will begin in February. So go check that out on his website, jackcanfield.com. The book is entitled The The Golden Motorcycle Gang. It is a story of transformation, and it is the coming together of individuals in a common purpose and a vision after uh, all individually stepping into what they knew was their vision and intention. I'd like to know, Jack, if you have one particular belief, solid belief that you have always carried your entire life that you just knew to be true about yourself and how that has manifested for you in your life? 
I think if there was one core belief, and I don't, I haven't thought about this before, but if there was one core belief that's always been there was that I could, I could make anything I wanted to happen happen. You know, that I had the ability to survive any trauma. That I could, uh, if I wanted to get good grades, I could. If I wanted to get a girlfriend, I could. If I wanted to start a company, I could. If I wanted to start a book, I could. And then I would go out and find people who had already done what I wanted to do. I would talk to them about what they had done, see if it made sense to me. You don't always want to imitate everyone else, but I always start there. And then I go about and do it. I mean, there's nothing I've ever wanted to do, with maybe one exception. I wanted to transform the American education system. And uh, I still think it's going to happen uh, in my lifetime. But uh, you know, when you're young, you think you could do it in five years because what you know is so obvious. You know, but uh, it's taken a lot longer than that. Although there's some, we now have a school in New York that actually took my book to success principles, built a charter school around it, won every award you can possibly win in New York. All the teachers have learned all the principles. They're teaching them to the kids, like responsibility mm. and vision and all of that. So uh, I know it's possible. Now it's just a matter of figuring out how to, you know, uh, leverage that out to the whole population. How powerful that would be. Yes, mm-hmm. our children do need to. And it's not so much that they even need to be taught it because they come in with so much of it, but they need to remember it and have it reinforced to them because the big people can take it away from the little people if, if we're not careful. Exactly. It's like we don't, you know, the word education comes from the root word educare, E-D-U-C-A-R-E, and it means in Latin to draw out of. So we have a Western mentality that says we have to pour something into kids, kind of that they're raw material and they're kind of negative and have to learn to be controlled and contained and, you know, civilized. And the truth is kids are naturally cooperative. They're naturally desire to grow and to learn. And they want to grow and learn on things they're interested in, which is important. We kind of train that out of them, and then you have to go to seminars and read books, <laughs> do therapy and work with coaches to kind of regain it again. Uh, that needs to change, obviously. Definitely. Tell me what you think the key is for an individual to personally affect positive change. I think you have to start with yourself and uh, be a model of what it is you want to see in the world. Be the change you're looking for out there. I think Gandhi said that once. And uh, basically, once you become, you know, you're modeling it yourself, then you can start uh, teaching it to others or, you know, banding together with others who are walking their talk, living from integrity and, and love and joy or whatever. And then uh, I think, you know, study leadership. I, I've been making a study of leadership lately because I think it's required. Leaders have a number of qualities. Number one, they're visionaries. They're able to see a, a brighter future. Number two, they're able to communicate that brighter future, often usually through stories. Good leaders are good storytellers. Um, number three, they're cheerleaders. They encourage people. They, they, they support them. They, they validate and affirm them when they do well. Uh, they need to be people that walk their talk, that have integrity, that live up to uh, what it is they say is what they do. And then, um, finally, I think you have to have the courage to stand up, not so much against things, although sometimes we have to do that, uh, and really take a stand for something that matters. And uh, when people do that, whether it was Rosa Parks on the bus that was one of the beginnings of the Civil Rights Movement, or Gandhi standing up and saying, you know, I'm going to fast until I die if you guys don't quit fighting, or Mandela being willing to go to jail for what he believed in, or the people at Occupy Wall Street that are standing up for what they believe in, or even the the radical right standing up for what they believe in. So it's a matter of us standing up, but also being willing to cooperate, to to listen to the other side, to 
be willing to be um, influenced by that which emerges so that we're not so, uh, what's the word I want, polemical or, or dial, dial, what's the word, um, you know, what's happening in Congress where there's no mm-hmm. willingness to see the other side or change, so ideologues and so forth. So I think a good leader is someone who is someone who can see the vision and then stand up and march toward it and enroll others in it. Being someone that is such a leader and that so many people look up to and you are constantly speaking, you're traveling, you're training people, you're coaching people, you're writing, you're asked to be in many different kinds of movies, you got a lot going on. And that's oftentimes uh, something that can take away the balance from life. How do how do people establish that maintenance of balance in their life while moving forward in their purpose so that they don't burn themselves out? How do you do it? Well, you first have to realize you're not the only one out there doing the work. I mean, there's a certain level of arrogance if you think you are. I mean, I could die tomorrow and this transformation is going to occur without me because that is the nature of what's unfolding. Um, it's going to unfold because it just has to. But I think for me, how I maintain my balance is I meditate every day. I take uh, time off. Uh, you know, I, I, we're taking a two-week vacation to Europe this summer with my daughter, taking a five-day vacation, going up to a ranch and meditating and just kind of chilling out. There's no TVs in, this, in the rooms there, reading, playing Scrabble with my wife, etc. I, um, I, I, I love what I do. You know, when you really love what you do, I don't think you get burned out doing it. Um, I think was, um, Thomas Edison said, when your vocation feels like a vacation, then you're pretty much home free. So I do the normal kind of resting things. I play the guitar. I have a favorite TV show I like to watch, etc. But I probably work harder than the average person. That's one of the secrets of my success. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I have a balanced family life. And, uh, you know, I get massages regularly. I exercise. I eat good food. I fast every two weeks for a day. Um, you know, many disciplines like that that maintain that balance. And I think getting sleep, there's research now that shows something like 85% of the Americans are sleep-deprived. Mm-hmm. And we need about anywhere from, you know, most people need about eight hours of sleep. And it's in that six-and-a-half to eighth hour when the human growth hormone kicks in. That's what keeps us young, rebuilds our bodies. It's when long-term memory, you take the events of the day, it goes into long-term memory. And I think when you do sleep and get enough, you wake up, you're refreshed. It's much easier to meditate. Otherwise, you just fall asleep while you're trying to meditate. Most definitely. The, the one thing that you have said throughout the show, uh, and, and that definitely is portrayed through the Golden Motorcycle Gang, because they were kind of that rebel, uh, irreverent, rambunctious, you know, get-up-and-go kind of group, is mm-hmm. fun is a necessary part of this whole thing, that yes. you've got to have a good time in the process. And I do, and I can tell you too. I, no, I have a lot of fun. I laugh a lot. I, when I'm in my car, the only thing I listen to is the comedy channels on Sirius and XM Radio. I, I don't listen to the news. It's way too negative. Um, I, I, I love to go to funny movies. My wife and I love to laugh. My wife's crazy. I mean, she's just absolutely a nut. She could have been on Saturday Night Live. And so she keeps me laughing all the time. And I get together with people like John Gray, who's one of the funniest guys on the planet. And all the members of the Transformational Leadership Council, one of our criteria was plays well with others. <laughs> so if you want to be a member, you've got to have fun and, and relax and be willing to just let, it, let your hair down and enjoy yourself as well as do this very meaningful and important work on the planet. 
Well, if you are concerned that the planet is at a critical tipping point and that time is running out, or you believe your life purpose is to make a positive difference in the world, you will want to be a member of the Golden Motorcycle Gang. And I want you to go out and pick up your copy of the Golden Motorcycle Gang by Jack Canfield and William Gladstone. It's a wonderful recount that's really going to inspire you and bring hope into you and allow you to understand that you can be part of something that is just massive, that you are going to hear a lot about and that is going to affect people all over the world because people are going to be getting on board to ride this wave of the Golden Motorcycle Gang. Connect with Jack Canfield at jackcanfield.com. Find out more about his Train the Trainer and all of his other programs on that site. And also to find out about the Golden Motorcycle Gang, which has reached number one in several categories on Amazon this week, so congratulations. Go to www.goldenmotorcyclegang.com. Thank you so much, Jack, for being on 1111 Talk Radio and for being featured in 1111 Magazine. It has been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show tonight. It's been an honor to be with you. Thank you so much. I am Simran Singh. Until next week, I wish you well, and I look forward to another great conversation soon. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens.